teaching ministry of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the senior pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shape your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. I want us to turn in the Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. My emphasis will be on verse 7. Two Thursdays ago, we were given the grace to meditate on the scripture. And uh, we were greatly blessed. I thought I would come last Sunday, but God has something prepared. But today I have the permission to come visit this same scripture again. Second Timothy chapter 1, I'll read verse 7 for a start. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Glory be to God in the highest. I'll take it again. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Glory be to God in the highest. Now, this was Paul writing to Timothy. For better understanding, you want to know that he was writing from the prison. Hallelujah. The second time around, he was in prison, the one from which he never came out. And it's on record that this particular, the second book of Timothy, was the last he wrote. And so there are quite some aspects of this book that is very interesting. Very, very Most of his books are, but there are some aspects of this particular one that is very interesting. Okay, now, where did Paul meet Timothy? Or who was Timothy to Paul? Timothy was a son to Paul, son in the ministry. Timothy was a protege to Paul. Paul actually took him and brought him under his wing and nurtured him in the way of the Lord, and particularly in the way of ministry. Records have it that it was during his second missionary journey at Lystra that he came in contact with Timothy. And from that moment, he took him along. The first time he visited, it was phenomenal in Lystra. You know, some miracles were wrought through his hand that the people of Lystra brought out animals to sacrifice to Paul. And Paul had to stop them. I mean, it was... Uh, they had never seen anything like that. But you would have thought that that would just continue throughout that time of his stay there. No. Within that short period he was there, there were Judaizers, those who were really just against that move of God and the state of the people against Paul. And in the same place where they were coming to sacrifice to Paul, thinking that they had seen God, they picked stones. They threw him out. As a matter of fact, they stoned him and they assumed he was dead. As a matter of fact, many said that they killed him. But the brethren came around him and began, he got up again. That was how he left the first time. And one would have thought that Paul would say, I will never go there again. But you see, when you have been led of the Spirit, you do things differently. So Paul went again on his second, on his second journey. He got there. And that was when he met this beautiful household. Christian homes are wonderful. And he now saw this woman and uh, son, and of course, invariably, the, the mother of the whole household. Not much was said about, about the dad, you know, men they were there. Well, I believe God that uh, whoever the man was, he was a good man. And so he saw certain things about this boy who became so interested in things of the gospel that he took him along. And at the time of writing, he had so much developed this young man that he had sent him on missions. At this time, he was the overseer of the big influential church of Ephesus. 
Timothy, young Timothy. And not just Ephesus. Writings should have us understand that he has oversight over adjoining areas. So it was greater Ephesus. And he was a young man. And now his father in the Lord, his father in the ministry, his mentor was in prison. So you can imagine what will be going through his mind. And at this time, if you read this book, Paul knew that uh, he would not come out of this trouble. But he was writing to encourage as many as he could. Ephesians, Colossians, all those books, Philippians, they, they, I mean, there were books written in prison. But to churches, but Titus and Timothy, he wrote to individuals. Glory be to God in the highest. So with this background, I think you'll be able to flow along. So it was a real life situation. So and to further bring it further, let me, or to further break down the context, let me go back to verse 1 through 7. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Now to Timothy, a beloved son. I, I don't know who I'm talking to this today. It's like, I want to move. It's like, no, make it personal. Come on, make it personal. Make it personal. And I give God the glory for that. So to Timothy, beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Lord. Somebody said, he said, if you observe all of Paul's writings, and I looked at him, I said, wow, amazing. He will always start by saying, grace and peace be given to you, be multiplied to you, you know. But when he will write to someone like Pastor Taiwo, is he writing to you? Well, this is very much like he's writing to me. When he will write to anybody in the ministry, at least we have two records, Titus and Timothy, he won't just say grace and peace. Hallelujah. He will say grace, mercy, and peace. And amazingly, it was only on these two occasions that you find that in the Bible. So I speak to someone here today in the name of Jesus. May the grace of God multiply to you. All right. May his mercy multiply to you. May his peace overflow your lives. In the name of Jesus. So the guy said, you know why we say that? Because much more than anybody, ministers need the mercies of God. Timothy, the grace of God will see you through. His mercy will follow you everywhere you go. Timothy, glory be to God in the highest. Timothy, you've done so well. But let me encourage you. Glory be to God in the highest. I thank God, verse 3, whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. A lot of times, you know, people say, I'm praying for you. Or we're praying for you. Or we say, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. But that means they really want to pray. And some indeed are praying. But it doesn't mean that they are really praying. That implies that the heart prays for you. But to actually get to pray is another thing. And they don't mean any harm, by the way. No. It's just the struggle of life. But when Paul will say, without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers, night and day, we have every reason to believe, it may be metaphorical, that Paul was actually praying as often as he could for Timothy. What he was saying is that, Timothy, your thoughts are heavy in my mind. Not that I'm scared of anything, but I just keep thanking God whom I serve, yeah, with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, yeah. And when I'm doing that, I remember you. Now, Paul was talking of his forefathers and was thanking God that he was able to serve with a pure conscience as his forefathers did, and now he was praying for Timothy. All right. Really following the footsteps 
of his forefathers. Let me say this quickly. Every fear you have over your son, over your daughter, we sing today in the name of Jesus. The father that will not think like that, I think falls short of being a father. Because whether you like it or not, sir, you are fulfilling your times right now. Even my son, I agree. But compare yourself to your son. You will do well to finish well and leave the stage better prepared for your son. If you are not conscious of that now, you have a problem. Then you begin to, you begin to realize that this God that we serve, what a good God. What a good God. So he said, I cease not to remember you in my prayers night and day. Then, of course, one will be reminded immediately, First Thessalonians 5, 17, Paul was writing now to the church in Thessalonica, and he will say, pray without season. So Paul will not teach what he will not do. I mean, you find it in all these letters. I always make mention of you in my prayers. Pastor Tyro, do you do that? I try, and God helps me. So Paul said, I'll make mention I cease not to remember you in my prayers night and day. Now, where did Paul get this? Remember the book of Luke chapter 18 verse 1. Jesus took time to really teach on this. The Bible says that, and Jesus taught to the effect that men ought always to pray and not faint. Glory be to God in the highest. So in other words, Timothy was strong on his heart. And all he was praying is that God's grace will sustain this man. The mercy of God will see him through. And Timothy did well, ladies and gentlemen. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. Verse 4. Say, greatly desiring to see you, be mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. So you must have seen him, I mean, crying or weeping a number of times. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, uh, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. So, why? I, I just have something about this Timothy. And Timothy, you are special. I don't know. You are special. No wonder the first day I saw you, I just could not take my eyes off you. And invariably when I would leave and I saw your eagerness to come, I took you along. There's just something special about you. So who is the Timothy here today? Come on, who is the Timothy here today? There will be no reason for this book to be in the Bible. But for the fact that God will from time to time through diverse vessels bring it up to assure you of his love for you. Timothy, you see, what I see in you is what I think I have seen first in your grandmother. So Paul knew Timothy, knew this household. They were a blessing to Paul. And then I found the same faith in your mother. He knew the man named Lois and then Eunice. And now I'm persuaded you have the same grace. Glory be to God in the highest. Now with this, Timothy, you cannot afford to let things win. There's a grace on your life. So Timothy, this is the reason why I like to remind you to stir up. Hallelujah. The gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I, you see, you are an unusual person when it comes to having faith in God. And look, I think it's a family thing. I saw it to my grandmother, I saw it to my mother, your whole household. Uh, you are a household of faith. 
you are solid as a rock as far as he's concerned. And I remember, I mean, the times we have spent together. Now I remember Paul was in prison. Paul would not come out again. And Paul was speaking right into the future of this man. And he will begin by telling him who I know you to be. Hallelujah. And by the time he got there, he said, now I want to remind you that you stir up Apart from saying that, look, there's an unusual faith in your life. You are known for I know you. I know you have it. Why would he be saying that? Probably because he was beginning to doubt certain things. I mean, at that time, it was enough for him to do that. Man, man, if Paul can be going through what he's going through, come on. What's the future in ministry? And so he had a reason to say, wait a minute. There's something special about you. Timothy, I want to remind you that gifts were imparted to you. And I've seen you demonstrated power, whether by way of the fruit of the Spirit or by way of exploits. I've seen you, I know you. Don't let anything now begin to stop you. Come on, Timothy. So I want to, I, I, I just want you to remember. And to remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. That was stir, simply put, rekindle. Keep the flame burning. I think the best way to do it, I don't know if some of you, well, some, quite a number of us will remember. In those days, we didn't have gas. Or not everybody had access to gas. And so we used firewood or use coal come on so you get the fire going if you're using coal for example by the time you get through if all the black coal will become fire color I mean they assume the same color as fire you see the fire burning beautiful flame towards the I mean just beautiful and of course the heat radiating glory be to God in the height but clearly during Hamatan or when, when it will be cold but after a while, watch. The same fire will begin to douse. Why? It will begin to gather ashes. And if you don't get the ashes of the face of the coal, it will smolder the coal. It's not so much an external thing. It's all within there. But there are some aspects of you that you should not allow to disturb the real you. Keep it burning. Keep the flame. Fan it. Rekindle the fire. And that was the first thing he would tell him in this last letter. Help me turn to your neighbor. Say, rekindle the fire. Come on, tell them, tell them, tell them boldly. Tell them, tell them, tell them. Rekindle the fire. It's the same you. It's the same God. It's the same Holy Ghost. What happened? What's happening to you now? What has become of you? Sometimes we can explain the ashes as much as we can. There are many reasons we can adduce for that. I know one is familiarity. Now I'm so, I'm so used to God. I know how God thinks. So you begin to take God for granted. You begin to take God for granted. You're looking for trouble. Another is to wonder. Did I achieve that? Then pride. And of course, you understand that anywhere the fire of God is burning, the devil is, is angry. He said, why? Because he lost his own primary estate. He was disgraced and thrown out. And after he was thrown out, God now greeted you and said, you have dominion. What? So he will work extra to smother the fire. But you see, it's not up to the devil. It's not up to man. It's up to you, Timothy. I therefore would like to remind you to stir up, hallelujah, the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hand. There was something about Paul. He was so confident of everything he said and did. 
Number seven, where we want to really concentrate for the next 20 minutes thereabout. For God, because I know what God imparted. I've seen you operated. Come on. I've seen you in the mission field. I've seen you close. And I know what God has deposited in your life. What has become of you or what is becoming of you? One thing I know is this God has not given you the spirit of timidity or fear. Did you hear me? No, he hasn't given you the spirit of fear. He has given you the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and a sound mind. Glory be to God in the highest. I said glory be to God in the highest. I said glory be to God in the highest. Let's go from 67. I therefore would like to remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying of my hands. For God has not given you. Why will you start with what God has not given you? Because you are beginning to prioritize what should be dumped. You are giving too much ground to the devil. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. He has given you the spirit of what? Power, love, and a sound mind. What hasn't he given you? Fear. Can we start with what God has not given you? He has not given you failure. He has not given you fear. He has not given you defeat. He has not given you sickness. He has not given you disgrace. No. These are all tools in the hand of the devil. That's what he employs. And these are the things that his agents use to attack you. Wouldn't it be funny if you could have said to thank God for the gifts of the devil? God forbid in the name of Jesus. He has not given you the spirit of fear. Say it. Say God has not given me the spirit of fear. Come on, say it now. Come on. Why are you saying it as if you are even afraid? God has not given me the spirit of fear. God has not given me the spirit of fear. But of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. Glory be to God in the highest. What is fear? English definition. Just from Webster. An unpleasant and often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. That's not to say that the danger is holding me in the neck. No. The most funny thing about it is that you anticipate it. It's not real. A lot of times it's not real. You assume what could happen. And your assumption of what could happen now becomes so strong that it destroys what is really happening. God forbid in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Remember the song that you sing? God has not given me the spirit of fear. God has not given me the spirit of fear. He has given unto me the spirit of power, the spirit of love and of sound. He has given unto me the spirit of love, the spirit of power and of sound. He has given unto me the spirit of power, the spirit of power, the spirit. Now, why would Timothy be addressed? like that because Paul could observe Paul could see and Paul could discern if there was a man that walked with the discerning of spirit in his life Paul I feel the fire he could see if we don't address this thing it would be a big problem for this man in the future can I begin to deal with certain things now can I begin to remove certain things permanently from this man's life Hallelujah. Here what the Kepho said. 
Glory be to God in the highest. Amen. Jacobus wrote and said, possibly because of his youth or natural temperament. Sometimes it's your temperament that brings problem to you. For most of us, you demeanor. You're a gentleman. Because I don't want to step on anybody's toes. But sometimes it gets too far that it becomes a bondage. I'm not saying go step on people's toes. But why should you be so afraid of stepping on toes that you are now afraid to walk? Love expects that you always consider the next person. But perfect love cast out. Come and talk to me. Hallelujah. First John chapter 4. I think verse 18. There is. Okay, start from the beginning. 418. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Why? Because fear has torment. So he said, well, probably because of his youthfulness or his natural temperament. Timothy was prone to timidity, fear, and may have been reluctant to accept heavy responsibilities. Another person said, it wasn't that he was reluctant. He probably was intimidated by the sheer boldness and stature. Though Paul was a small man, but Paul was a giant when he came to ministry. He would take on anybody. He would take on any man. He would take on any devil. Except you are not crossing the path of his ministry. I would rather fear God. Who are you? And so Timothy probably was just thinking, ha, it will take an extra heart to step into these shoes. You want me to oversee? Now I'm overseeing Ephesus and greater Ephesus area. You've been locked up for a while. And we're not even sure you're coming out. So what was? So he had every reason. You know? At least to, to fear. If God could do that, if God could allow that, because we see him part of the same part, then he was a man. I'll give you an example quickly. God and Joshua. Wow. Now Moses' time is gone. He's, gone. He's dead. He's gone. Come on. Joshua, it's your turn. There are older people in the ministry. Hmm. There are bigger people. And of course, the shoes you want me to wear. The shoes that Moses used to wear. Moses. First of all, Moses was so meek. I don't think I have that kind of virtue. And yet, ah, let all the kings, the strong kings of the earth, bind that they will will fall flat before Moses. So Joshua was, man. Hear God. Having assured him of his presence, and of course, defining the territories, I mean, vast, that again was intimidating. And you will have to give every man their portion. Come on, I'm giving. Wow. And besides, it's not, you're not just going to walk there, you're going to fight to conquer. Woo. And apart from fighting beasts and fighting men, we have the natural, like River Jordan, for example. Like the wall of Jericho that no man has been able to bring down. Pooh. So, you know, anticipation of danger. But hear God. Say, hear me. No man shall be to stand against all the days of your life. That was, that was encouraging. But uh, in spite of that, God had to say, be strong. Verse 5. 
be strong and be very courageous. Why would God be saying be strong and be courageous? Why courage? Because there was fear. The next verse, he says, look, look, listen to me, listen to me. Only one thing is important in this matter. I'm keeping my side of the deal. Only one thing is important. You only be strong. He repeated it. By the time you get to verse 9, he said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and be courageous. This morning I've come to tell somebody the devil has lost it against you. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Bet you see you have a part to play. So he said, God has not given you the spirit of fear. And like we have just read, fear has torment. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear will not only paralyze you from taking appropriate actions. For it to paralyze you, it must have affected your decision. So you're making wrong decisions. So in other words, it has taken over your mind. I was sharing on Thursday, two Thursdays ago. I said, for everything you confront in life, please search me out, you can do your research. I'm always ready to learn. For everything that you will ever face in life, or anything other that you ever face in life, you will respond with just two attitudes. Either you face up and fight, or you turn your back and take to flight. You live life by either fearing something or applying faith for something. The interesting thing is, fear and faith don't share the same mind. They don't. I've observed the life of certain people. A lot of times you don't even know that you are picking things here and there. I realize that very gentle people have a threshold too. There's a place that when they get to it, they say, no, I'm not, going, I'm not moving back anymore. There's a place for confrontation. Otherwise, what Paul was advising Timothy against will happen. The things you should keep under control will ride you. That will never be your portion in Jesus' name. Fear is terrible. Fear has it affects your decision making. It affects your actions. And have you observed, if you don't see or hear, you can't be afraid of anything or of a thing until you heard and you have seen or you have experienced. So Paul was saying, God did not give you, I know you, Timothy. God didn't give the spirit of fear. No, he didn't. Yes, sir. <laughs> Woohoo! So stop dancing around with what God did not give you. Concentrate your energy on what God has given you. Paul prayed in Ephesians 1. The same Paul. He said, I mean, since the day I heard of your faith and your love towards the brethren, I cease not to give thanks to God on your behalf. Making mention of you in my prayer that God will grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge. The reason most people are taken to bondage of fear is lack of knowledge. Like I just told you, what happened to me? When I don't know, I believe a lie. 
When you don't know what you have, the world will tell you what they, what they want you to believe you have. When you don't know what you have, of course, the devil, that's what he does. Had God, told, had God said, was playing on the mind. Has God said, the devil will dangle it and dangle it. And he said, you know the way it operates? Talk of the wise of the devil. Talk of his devices. Paul wrote about this in two different books. He uses the same thing. He comes and suggests and you wave it off and he comes back. He doesn't go. He will test you. He will test your resolve on the matter. Whether it's sin or scare you away from the place of your destiny. Exploit. Same way. He will use it in many ways. You know, lawyers are good, you know. But lawyers will say, yeah, why you look at you on Wednesday? Oh yeah. I was looking at you on Wednesday. On Thursday. Oh yes, I was looking at you on Thursday. What do you go there to do? Uh-uh. Showers. Okay. Good. All right. Mm. Then he goes around and goes around and said, um, yes, Mr. Susu said he saw you in Friday on Thursday. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we saw. Okay. But you said I look at you. Uh-uh. Yes, I was in the you. Okay, how come you saw him? Uh, I was in the you most of the time, and it was just now. So, all right, okay. I read something that you wrote in the papers that said that you were in a meeting in a Kedja on Thursday. He's coming back. It, 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 it won't come immediately. He will say some other things and just bring it again. That's what the devil does. He will dangle and dangle and dangle, try to break your resolve. He said, why do you say that? That's what he does. Go look at the meaning of wise. Go look at the meaning of device. And why will he be doing that? Because he's managing you, he's telling you, he's beating you to shape to a path. He's trying to direct your life. He's trying to, you know where? Because he has a target. What's that target? Stealing, killing, destroying. The destroyer of destiny. And what does he use along the line? He uses things to distract you. Things that will seem to you like they are the best and they affect your best decisions. And then, no, 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 he's trying to, come on. Had God said, come on, come on, Satan. Come on, come on, devil. They know what God has said. She said the day that God said that we should not eat. We should not touch oil. God didn't say touch. If you like, you can touch all you want. But I'll be wondering why you are touching, touching when you're not going to eat. If you see yourself touching, touching, don't you think it's time to turn your back quickly? Because you end up eating. God said we should not touch. Lest we. Mm, God didn't say you should not touch. God said don't eat. I said, let's we. God said, let's we. God said, do not eat because they say you eat you surely. It's surely unless the same. See the devil? He's watered down the world to a place that it doesn't matter. And if you don't, he's coming back. He's coming back. Remember after the temptation of Jesus Christ in the he said, the Bible have it that the devil haven't tempted him and tempted at least three times. Three is some kind of completion if you understand that. Haven't tested him with all those three things. He left him forever. So what makes you think that he will leave you and never come back? The only reason he won't come back is when you are dead, you are not here. If with Jesus he keeps coming and coming and coming and coming. I'm talking, God has not given you the spirit of fear. So let's do that. But he has given unto you what? The spirit of what? Power. But you see, I was looking at this. I said, wait, 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 wait. Why would he say that? Because he noticed that this guy was beginning to be fearful. So if you take it that way, so that means that spirit of fear, spirit of power, then that means that uh, 
God wants you to be more powerful. It's not just that you have power and put it in your pocket. No. It's an active word. I don't want to be fearful. I want to be powerful. I'm to use the word love. I want to be loveful. Be confident of the love that God has for you. Come on. Be confident of the power of God in your life. And be confident of a sound mind. Discipline, self-discipline, self-control. I looked at that word power. He said, achieving power. <laughs> Miracle working power. The power that defeats the lies of the devil right before your face. Ability to do. Capability to do some things. Capacity for, uh, for what he's called you for. He's given it to you. Don't let the devil tell you a lie. When God is speaking, which other word will matter more? So the time has come for you to know when God is saying something to you. I'm not just talking about the letter, the letter kills. A lot of people are knocking people with letters. The letter kills. It's the spirit that gives life. Jesus said it. Glory be to God in the highest. He said it means strength, manly vigor, as against the spirit of cowardice. Power. I remember a song that we used to sing, and I still like to sing. Say, We've got the power. I've got the power in the name of Jesus. I've got the power in the name of the Lord. Though Satan rages, I cannot be defeated. I've got the power in the name. There are certain things that you tell yourself every day. Every day. Remind yourself. Paul said, Remind. I want to remind you. Stir it up. Hallelujah. Isn't it amazing? People can encourage you, but you've got to accept the encouragement to stir up something in your life. It's what you only can do. Jesus said, You are the light of the world. But whose responsibility is it to let your light shine? It's you. Don't let small, small things become to defeat you and then distract you from what God has called you to do. Power, love, and the sound mind. I like the way it is put in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. He said, Ha 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 ha. When Paul was saying, and, and I pray that um, he, that you know, yeah, that you know the exceeding greatness of his power towards you. You know what it means? Towards you, that is, what is made available to you, what is bequeathed you with. I I pray that you realize it. I pray that you know it. This power is incomparable. There's no power like this power in all the earth. Whether in the world that is gone, in the world that is to come, there's no power like this power. You see, if you don't understand. That was the same power he demonstrated when he raised Jesus from the dead. That power is made available to you today. He said, I'm praying that you catch it. He's not giving you fear. He's giving you power. He's giving you love and a sound mind. Look, because of my time, let me get to love. Love, hallelujah. Agapao. Affectionate regard. Hallelujah. But for me to really catch it, turn to TPT quickly. TPT, TPT, and give me John 15, 9 to 11. I, Jesus speaking here. I love you with the same love that the Father loves me. The same. God doesn't love Taiwan less than he loves Jesus. Jesus said, Look, I am God the Son. The way God loves me, I love you. You must continually let you, you, come on, somebody hear me. You must continually let my love, what will my love do? Nourish what? If his love is not nourishing your heart, fear will take it over. If you keep my commandments, you will live in my love. See what I mean by he has given you love? Live conscious and live in the love. Watch this. 
You will live in my love just as I have kept my father's commands. For I continually live, I continually live, nourished, I continually, I continually, I continually live, nourished, <laughs> and empowered by his love. Love is power. Give me another scripture quickly as I leave that place. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Give me Ephesians 3 from 14. You will rise up and be different. In the name of Jesus. So I kneel humbly in awe before the father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. The perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he will unveil within you, he will unveil within you, he will unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and fame. He said, I continually live in the nourishment, the empowerment of his love. He will unveil the unlimited riches of his glory and favor. I am favored. Believe in me, I'm favored. I know I'm favored. You're waiting for somebody to tell you you're favored? When God has favored you and he said, I favor you. <laughs> and I pray that he will unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until super, until what? Until what? Supernatural strength will do what? Floods your innermost being with divine what? Might and explosive power. Then by, const by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. Go on, go on. And the resting place of his come on, the resting place of his will become what? The very source and root of your life. You have been given this virtue. You've not been given the spirit of fear. Then you'll be, able, you'll be empowered I, I see the to discover what every holy experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing, the great magnitude of the astonishing what? Love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours out into you until you are filled to overflowing. God has not given you fear. He has given you love. Come on, look at it. Say, I'm loved. Time will not permit me. Some mind. Simply put, he said, I look at for the word mind, there's friendly, but I look for the word sound. He said, sound, it is compound word. That's sound mind. to say it's one word. It's a compound word. Sus and friendly. Safe thinking. What you know will affect your thinking. What the devil comes to attack is your thinking. God has given you a disciplined mind. It's a self-disciplined mind, a self-controlled mind, safe thinking. Whatever things are good, whatever things are good, whatever. This is the way you should think. But that comes with your knowledge of what you have. I close with this example. So what is it? Oh, war! And King Saul had moved out with the army. He was the captain of the host, at least in the physical. And he moved out there. And they were preparing to face Philistines. That's why he was still king. He was there to be defeated. If he had been defeated, he would not be there. And suddenly, Goliath came out. And by the time he finished speaking, the Bible said everything, every atom of courage and boldness was eroded from the heart of Saul and the rest of Israel. Guess what? When the young boy David that had knowledge came in, he knew God loved him. He said, what is man that you are so... The way you care for The way you do... <laughs> Jesus, you love me too much. That was, that was David's thinking. So what is man that you are mindful of him? He now appeared that day in the war front and Goliath came talking and he listened. He said, man, come on. I've never seen a proud man like this in my life. 
He was thinking, wow. Then he got to a place where he said, when he said, I defy. David said, uh. When they brought him to Saul, guess the first thing he said? He said, let no man's heart fail him. He dealt with the fear straight away. So your servant will go. Why courage? When you still have to make decision and take action in spite of the, the, the fear, the risk, the danger. And thank you, I can see the danger, but I must take action. That is what you have. That is power. That is love. I speak soundness of mind. In the name of Jesus. I destroy the spirit of fear. Give me in TPT, that's in 1 7. Second Timothy 1 7. Shall we rise? Quick. Shall we all read together? Wait, wait, wait. God will what? Will never. So when you see fear, no, this is not God. Bind it. Deal with it. God will never give you the spirit of fear. Go ahead. But of what? But what? Wait, 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 wait. God will never give you the spirit of fear. What does he give you? He gi- oh, he gives you the Holy Spirit. Who gives you what? Mighty power. Lord. And self-control. He will never give you fear. He will give you the Holy Spirit. So it's your Holy Spirit. Lift up your hands and appreciate God. Give him praise. Give him honor. Worship him. Thank God. He said, we don't receive this spirit of bondage again to fear. No, we are free. Hallelujah. I see speed ahead of you. I see boldness. As a lion. I see your dread destroying the enemies. I see people esteeming you highly. Glory be to God in the highest. Come on, give him praise. 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 praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. P.O. Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you.